And, um, and then in just a couple weeks, we're going to have about 60 teenagers here on this property. And so we've had a real strong sign up. And um, so we'll, we'll have a, a short meeting after church to discuss some of the uh, particulars. And, um, you know, and then we'll, it's going to be fun. Though. It's going to be a really good time. Isaiah 60. And when you get to Isaiah 60, turn to 1 John chapter 2 as well, please. <clears throat> and um, I just wanna, I want to, well, I'm going to give you a second to get to both of those places. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to kind of do a little bit of an object lesson with you. How many know that um, the ability to see is uh, really important? And um, if your ability to see is taken away from you, then um, everything gets very, very difficult. And um, uh, life gets a lot harder if you can't see. And, um, and certainly, it's easy to see that in terms of, of light, you know, just being able to, to see physically. But how many know that there, there's more to perception than just light? How many know there are other ways to see as well? And, um, and I'll convey that here in just a little bit. But I want you to close your eyes, take away your sight. Now move two seats away from you. No eyes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> and good job. And the rest of you are like, forget you, Jeremiah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, it was uh it was difficult to do, right? I mean for some of you, some of you maybe not so much. Some of y'all just skewed it down. But uh which is okay. But but what I want to show you is that that when you when you don't have the ability to see, um, it makes everything a lot more difficult. And we, we've been quoting this verse a lot here lately, and I just want to put our eyes on it in Isaiah 60, in verse 1. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. And, you know, we've been talking about this verse quite a bit, just kind of quoting it and stuff, because, I mean, in the times that we're living in, I mean, that's something that we're definitely seeing. Uh, we're seeing darkness uh, cover the earth, and we're seeing darkness cover people. I mean, we're living in a time when uh, people are saying that right is wrong and that wrong is right, and um, to, to, to a tremendous degree, to a degree that I've never seen it before. But what I want to show you is if, if deep darkness is upon a people, it means that those people are unable to see. And um, this darkness that we're talking about is not a, a literal darkness in the sense that there's no light, but it is a, a darkness that causes people not to, to see clearly. How I many know that, that we're, we're seeing massive amounts of people do really dumb things right now? You know, and, and just astonishingly dumb things. Like you look at it and it's just like, it just doesn't compute. You know, it, it almost <clears throat> feels like you're just in a bad movie. Uh, you know, as you watch people do these things and make these decisions and be so passionate 
about things that are clearly not right and not even smart, you know. And, um, and so, and I don't like to get up in the pulpit and just denounce people in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm not denouncing people, but how many know that there is an enemy that's trying to destroy? And he's trying to steal, and he's trying to kill, and he's trying to destroy. And one of the ways that he tries to do that is through this darkness that we're talking about. Now, it says that darkness covers the earth and gross darkness to people, but how many know that that darkness does not have to cover us? Amen? And that's why in the beginning of the chapter, it says, arise and shine. So in, in times of great darkness, um, it's our greatest opportunity uh, to, to shine the light and to not <clears throat> be a part of the darkness. And it says, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And so um, now is the time for us to shine. Now is the time for us to, to be the light now is the time <clears throat> for us to not allow the darkness to cover us and take away our ability to see, okay? And so now let, let's take a look at what, what this light is. And so 1 John, you guys that had an opportunity to turn there, 1 John chapter 2. Good to see Paul Bredberg in here today, amen? 1 John chapter 2, <clears throat> and it says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother, is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. So we, we, we start to see a parallel between love and light. Um, when, when you are loving you are abiding in the light. When you are hating, you are abiding in darkness. <clears throat> and so one of the things the enemy is really trying to do is stir up hatred and offense and anger even in believers. I mean, you know, I've seen and been an angry Christian in the times that we're living in. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of opportunity for offense. There's been a lot of opportunity for anger. <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with a righteous indignation against things that are evil. The Bible says that we are to hate evil. Uh, we're called to hate evil. That's a good thing. That's a pure thing. Um, but in our hatred of evil, um, you know, the Bible says that you that love the Lord hate evil. But in our hatred of evil, we want to make sure the enemy doesn't put out our love light. Um, because if, if our love light goes out, then we're walking around blindly and in darkness just like everybody else. And we can't allow that to happen. <clears throat> we, can't, we can't, as Christians, be blind. We, we have to be able to see in the times that we're living in. And once again, the way that we see is, is love. And... Um, is allowing that love um, to because I'm here to tell you right now one of the things that's one of the things that is to happen in the end times the Bible says in Matthew 24:12 it says because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold <clears throat> and that word love is the word agape that's not talking about the world's love the world can't even have agape love that's talking about Christians and so because of the lawlessness in the end times many people 
uh, their love will grow cold. Well, how many know if your love grows cold, that means that your light gets low and then you can't see how to navigate properly through the darkness that's in the earth. <clears throat> and so we have to guard our love so that we can see and so that we can operate properly. Because in the times that we're living in, your love is under attack. Enemies trying to attack your love. Why? Because if he can put out your love light, then he can put you in a place of darkness where you can't see properly. <clears throat> and so, how, what, what is one of the things that attacks love? Fear. How many know that when you are afraid, you're more likely to look at preserving and protecting yourself? How many know fear makes you self-conscious? Makes you very caught up in you, right? And um, now, how many know that perfect love drives out all fear, right? How many know God's love has the ability to drive out fear? And so <clears throat> we want to keep fear out of our hearts. You know, another thing that it talks about in the end times, it says that men's hearts failing them because of fear. And the fear is rampant. But how many know that it doesn't have to be in us? Amen? It doesn't have to be attached to us. It doesn't have to uh, reside and abide in the way that we think. And so the enemy is... Because how many know that, that loveless Christianity is a part of the problem, not a part of the answer? Amen. How many know the Pharisees and Sadducees were loveless? And um, they didn't recognize the Christ when He came. And uh, they, they were ultimately the ones that crucified the Christ. And so we, we want to be a part of the answer. We want to be able um, to see. We want to be able to navigate. We want to be able to move. And in doing so, we have, to, <clears throat> we have to maintain this love light on the inside of us so that we can see. Now, if you guys will turn to um, Matthew 25 <clears throat> and... Man, God just started speaking to me uh, about this parable here recently. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> Matthew 25. And this is a parable of the kingdom. Matthew 25 and verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven <clears throat> shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now how many know that that, that Jesus is returning and that, that Jesus is, uh, He is the bridegroom. Amen? And there's going to be a marriage supper of the Lamb and there's going to be all these wonderful things that are going to happen. Um, but here He's given an analogy of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a, like a ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. The five who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with him. Now, when they're talking about lamps and they're talking about oil, they're talking about a, a literal light. Um, you know, they didn't have flashlights back then. They had lamps, and those lamps burnt oil. And so five of the virgins had the ability to see, and five of them did not. Okay? Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with the lamps, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. 
And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and for you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterwards the virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now, this is a parable of the kingdom, and I don't believe this is a parable concerning you know, people who are going to be saved and people who aren't going to be saved. I don't believe this is a parable of you know, uh, rejecting those that didn't have oil and they were somehow not going to be saved. But what I do believe is that those that had oil were those that had light and they could see what the kingdom of God was doing in the time of darkness before the Lord's return. They could see it, they could discern it, and they were a part of what, was, what the kingdom was doing. How many know that, that while all this stuff is going on, you know, politically and, and all over the world and in our nation and all this craziness, how many know the kingdom is still operating? How many know the kingdom is not shaken and <clears throat> the kingdom is still moving, the, st- the kingdom is still accomplishing things, um, you know, the, the, the fields are ripe uh, with ministry. You know, I've never seen so many needy uh, people. People need Jesus right now. Amen. And, um, and we're, we are the way, one of the ways that people experience Jesus. And so, the, you know, the kingdom is still moving. The kingdom is still operating. But without oil in your lamp so that your light, so that you can see, you're not going to be able to see what the kingdom is doing. And, and what I see is I see Christians getting so offended and so angry and so upset that, they, that, that there's an element of hatred and anger that's growing on the inside of them to where people that might need their help, they're not ready to help those people because they've grown to hate those people. And, and how many know that we don't war against flesh and blood? Amen? That's never our calling is, is to fight against people to fight against individuals. How many know hatred is not going to accomplish anything for the kingdom? Offense isn't going to accomplish anything for the kingdom. And and I I feel like one of the the ways the enemy is really trying to divide us, not only is the enemy doing all this wicked stuff with delusion and, and darkness and people saying that right is wrong and wrong is right, but Christians are being whipped up into this place of anger to where they don't have oil in their lamps and they're trying to fight the battle carnally and in the flesh and they're sinking down to the enemy's way of fighting. How many know as a Christian, uh, you're not called to to slander? You're not called to to, uh, name call. You're not called to, um, to operate like the enemy operates. How many know that when Jesus walked the earth, he he you know, and and he was standing before Pilate, he didn't he didn't even as he was reviled he did not revile, 
Because Jesus knew who he was, he knew what kingdom he was a part of, and he knew that ultimately he was in control. And I think a lot of times for Christians, like because we're seeing all this stuff that's happening in the persecution, we get scared like God's not still on the throne. We get, you know, like frantic, like, you know, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about this? And start trying to solve our problems in the natural rather than leaning on the arm of the Spirit, leaning on the love of God, leaning on the kingdom of God, and trusting that the Lord is going to bless you and going to bring you through this. That passage in Isaiah wasn't a passage of the darkness has covered the earth, the Christians must cower in the corner. The darkness has covered the earth, the Christians must hide out. The darkness has covered the earth, the Christians have to run and be afraid and be ashamed and hide. No, the darkness has covered the earth, arise and shine. And, and, and what you're going to be shining is love. Because love is what's going to allow you to see clearly and to see properly so that you can discern what's actually happening. See, when, when there's no oil in your lamp and your love light is low, you can't see. You can't see properly. And you go over into survival mode and fearful mode, right? Now, in order to, you know, to put oil in our lamps, how many know that, 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 that comes back to that, that simple and powerful place of receiving the love of God? Amen? I'm not encouraging you to, you know, to try really hard to walk in love. I'm not encouraging you uh, to, through your willpower, try to walk in love. I'm saying that in the times that we're living in, you need time with the Lord to build yourself up to receive the love of God so that it drives the fear out of you. So that fear isn't what's leading you. Fear isn't what's covering your eyes. Anger and hatred isn't what, uh, is, is what you're seeing through that, you know, that you're perceiving through. As you receive that love, how I many you know that love is going to drive out fear and that love's going to settle you and put you into a place of rest. Why is it that when our children have a nightmare, that all they have to do is get in our bed and they can go to sleep like that? Because in the presence of the one who loves them, they're no longer afraid. Amen? I mean, nothing really changed. But they were just in the presence of the one who loved them. And so, in the times that we're living in, we need to be in the presence of the one who loves us. And at the same time that all this is happening, the enemy is trying to distract people to the point that they don't spend time in, his, in, in the presence of God and enjoy that place of love. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, how I many you know that lion tamers, you know, they, they, you know, they'll hold a chair, you know? And, or people that are, are uh, snake charmers, you know, they're playing a flute, you know. And, you know, how many know a chair can't stop a lion? And how many know that um, uh, snakes are deaf? So it's not the music, but what's happening is this predator is being placed in a constant state of distraction. It's the moving of the flute. It's the moving of the chair. And if the enemy can distract you to the point that you don't have the opportunity to focus and receive, how I many you know that, that you won't feed 
and, and I mean, a, distra- a constantly distracted person has no ability to move forward. And, and, and honestly, man, that, that's one of the, the, the greatest attacks against us right now is, is distraction. How I many you know you can read news 24 hours a day, seven days a week on your phone? You can scroll through social media, spend hours, you know, watching cat videos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm not, you know, anti-entertainment or anti-being informed about what's happening on the news. But, but how many know that we can get so distracted that we don't have time in the Lord's presence where we can be strengthened? And, and the enemy is trying to keep people in this information age, and it talks about it in the book of Daniel. This is the time when knowledge is increases. And <clears throat> that we would be so overwhelmed with information that we wouldn't have time to do that which is needful. You know, Mary, it wasn't Mary serving that was bad. Come on, Martha, not, not Mary, excuse me, Martha. It wasn't Martha serving that was bad. Martha was in a place of distracted worry and anxiety. In the Greek, it's the word miramna. And Jesus wasn't reproving the fact that she was serving. He was pr- reproving the way that she was serving. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. And how many know that, that this world can put you in a position of being anxious and worried about many things and being so distracted? But how many know Mary did that which was needful? She sat in the presence of the one who loved her and received love. And then <clears throat> when it was time to actually serve and accomplish something. How many know Mary was at the foot of the cross? Why? Mary wasn't afraid. Why wasn't Mary afraid? Because she, she had put oil in her lamp so that she could see. Amen. And what I want to encourage you <clears throat> is spending that time in His presence. Spending that time in worship. Coming to church. Building yourself up. Uh, getting a, getting a, de- a daily devotional. Getting, getting something other than the spirit of this world is so important to you right now because the enemy is attacking your ability to see. How I many know that, that you, how I many know, once again, anger is not something that can be compartmentalized? How I many know you can be angry at this, but then next thing you know, you start, you're, you're angry at other things and you're angry at people around you and you're angry at this and you're ang- and really it's not the people around you that you're angry at but you're just angry with the state of the world and then that anger starts to seep out in other ways how I many know anger is not a fruit of the spirit amen and and that this this love light <clears throat> this ability to see is so very important for us in the times that we're living in because we, we have to be able to see clearly. How I many know the darkness should not cover us? We are to arise and to shine and to dissipate that darkness so that we can see clearly and we can actually discern that the kingdom is moving and God is doing great things in the earth in the times that we're living in. Amen? Um, let's turn to... Um, turn to Philippians chapter 1, please. Because we, we, we have to be careful to not allow the spirit of this world to rub off on us to where 
we're, we're conducting, we're sinking down to that level. And please understand, I'm not saying <clears throat> that in your love, compromise truth. No, take a stand for truth. Take a very strong stance for truth. Stand up for what you believe. Voice what you believe. Stand for right. Stand for truth. But in doing so, do it out of a place of love and out of a place of rest and out of a place of trusting that God is working all things together for good. Amen? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, In this I pray that your love may still, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That word discernment means to see. <clears throat> He's saying, My prayer for you is that your love would increase. Because here's the thing we have a decision to make in the day and age that we're living in. Are we going to be those that allow our love to wax cold? Or are we going to be those that keep oil in our lamp and make a decision to not allow our love to wax cold? See, you're, it's going to have to be purposeful. You're, you know, when he said go and buy from those that sell oil, it doesn't mean a literal buying. But how many know that it was a purposeful decision to get oil in the lamp? Because if you didn't make a purposeful decision to get oil in the lamp, <clears throat> then when the bridegroom come, you wouldn't have any oil in your lamp and you wouldn't have light to see what was actually going on. But it says that the love of many will wax cold. And that's just a part of, of living in the world that we're in. Many believers, many Christians... Um, are going to get swept up in the hatred. Going to get swept up in the darkness. And I don't want to be one of those people. See, because love is the place of power. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, number one, receiving love. That's the most important thing. But number two, letting it flow through you into other people's lives. How I many know when love's coming out of you, you're living. You're happy when you're loving. That's your happiest moments. <clears throat> when, you're, when you're being compassionate, when you're being kind, when you're being helpful, when you're, when you're just being like Jesus in the earth. And what happens is, if I can receive love and then give love, you know what does not stay on me? Fear. Fear cannot stay in the presence of love. But if I'm fearful, then I'm not thinking about loving. I'm thinking about surviving. See, surviving is not arising and shining. Can I get an amen here? It's not arising and shining. And in order for us to arise and shine in a time of darkness... We've got, to, we've got to maintain this love. We've got to maintain this love walk. We've got, to, we've got to, to, to love each other and love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And how many know that we're even called to love people that are our enemies? I know that's hard. But how are these people going to get delivered if we don't pray for them? Because how many know that no human being can rip the darkness off of those people? How many know you can't argue people out of this delusion? If you notice, 
You can't debate people out of it. You can't. In fact, because when you throw logic at them, they just throw back emotion and the rhetoric that they've been spoon-fed. Like they can't even operate in logic. Like it's just not there. So what do they need? They need God Almighty to rip the darkness off of them. How's that going to happen? Prayer. It's the only thing that's going to fix this. And, I don't, and, and, and when I say fix it, I, don't, I mean fix it in the sense that, how many know there are people that are currently in darkness that God wants to save? How many know there are people who are currently in darkness that are going to get saved? But how many know they're not going to get saved if we're spending all of our days hating them and angry at them for being stupid? Which, and I know that's attractive to your flesh. It feels good. <laughs> it don't feel good to your spirit, but it feels good to your flesh. I mean, I find, my, like the other day, I, I did, a, um, I did, a, um, I did the, the women's uh, ministry retreat there on Cassie's farm. And I got there and I saw her husband, Jason, and we were just talking. And, you know, immediately we just start complaining. <laughs> it's a form of fellowship, you know what I'm saying? And, and I do think, not complaining about anything that's going there, but complaining about the stupid stuff that's going on in the world. And I do think you need a place where you can vent. I think the venting is good and healthy. Um, and I think there's a place for that. Because how many know, if you're in a room full of crazy people, and you and someone else is the only two people that aren't crazy, y'all need to be able to vent about the craziness that's going on around you. Are y'all tracking me here? And we're like in this world full of crazy people, you know, and, and the scriptures are keeping the light over our eyes and we're seeing the darkness for what it is. And so you need a time to vent. But at the same time, we, we can't live in anger and fear and, 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 and offendedness and really get anything done in the kingdom. We have to get to this place where we're willing to pray for the people that are in darkness. And then when God sends us to speak to them, how many know God's got to be the one that opens the doorway of utterance? Because I'll give you an example. How many know that, that a person that operated in tremendous darkness uh, during uh, the early church times was Saul of Tarsus? How many know Saul was under tremendous darkness? He was trying to kill Christians. He was trying to enslave Christians. He was in a really bad place. But how many know God loved him? And God chose him to write two-thirds of the New Testament and to really preserve the gospel. And so God had to get somebody to be willing to pray for this man and minister to this man. And God chose a guy named Ananias. And, you know, and the Lord came to Ananias and said, I need you to go to Saul and pray for him. And Ananias is like, don't you know who this guy is? And God's like, I'm God. <laughs> I know. I need you to go and pray. You know, and I just wonder, and I, you never know stuff like this, but what if God had went to a couple other people before him and they were like, man, there's no way I'm doing that. This guy's, our, this guy's my enemy. If anything, we need to kill this guy. If anything, this guy needs to be removed. How I many you know God kills by killing the darkness in the individual? That's what he does. I used to be an enemy of the kingdom. I used to be an atheist. But God killed the darkness in me through the cross, and now the light's in me. And, and some of these people that are delusional 
and are caught up in this, how I many know some of these people might, might, God might just make them mighty in the kingdom? Wouldn't it be just like God to take one of these people and turn them into something mighty for the kingdom? Wouldn't it be just like Him to do that? Because when that happens, you know, and Paul said it over and over again, he said, people glorify God in me because they see the darkness that I operated under and now they see the light that I'm operating under and my life glorifies God. And so when darkness is on someone, can you fault them for being blind? You really can't. When someone is abiding in darkness, we can't blame them for being blind. How many know the enemy is not the person that's in darkness? The enemy is the darkness. The darkness is the enemy. And so, the, so what the enemy likes to do is he likes to run this darkness and then make us Christians so mad at the people in the darkness that we can't minister to those people at all. And so he's running the darkness here, and then he's making us so angry and so mad that we should be shining light, but our, our lamps have no oil and no light, and we are blinded with hatred and blinded with offense. When really, we should be praying for these people and as God leads us to minister to these people, minister to these people so that we can actually dispel darkness and bring more people into the kingdom of light. Can I get an amen? Do you believe that God wants to save truckloads of people in the time that we're living in? I believe that. Yes. Can you talk into the mic so everybody can hear you online? Amen. Heard something about this maybe yesterday. Amen. Okay, so Paul was Saul, right? Mm -hmm. And he was bonded, right? Yeah. And then you got Ananias who prayed for him. Mm -hmm. Ananias means grace. So grace opened the eyes of Saul, and then he was changed to Paul. Amen. Well said. And there was something about the two names that's really cool, but I can't remember that. So okay. I want to look that up. But, <laughs> That's so, good, though, because so, Ananias' name, it, his name means grace. <clears throat> it does. It's good. And then ah, Saul was something really strong, but he was brought to Paul, which means little. Paul means little. Yep. Okay, so that. It's good. He felt strong, changed his name, but he was actually stronger when he knew that he was Weak. small. You're right. That's right. That's good. Because when he, was, when he was Saul, he was operating in self-righteousness and pride and man's strength. He was a very strong-willed man, clearly, you know, to do the things that he did. But, when he, but, he was, but he was broken and humbled, you know, and then he received grace, and then he became a part of the answer, you know. That's good, man. Thank you for sharing that. You can just hold on to that. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And that's the unfortunate aspect of it. The enemy wasn't just working through the Roman Empire. He was working through the angry church. We can't be the angry church. We can't be the angry Christians. And I know, and please understand, I'm not saying that we aren't to hate evil, because we are to hate evil. But we've got to keep oil in our lamps so that we can see properly. So, because when, when, when love is in you and present, you can discern properly. Amen? You ever be around you know, a young person 
and and they're acting out and acting. You know, I, I remember I used to do a lot of, uh, I'd coach basketball and stuff like that. And you get a kid who, this kid was just awful. <laughs> you know? I mean, he was just, you know, just so disruptive and, and so challenging. But with your love light on, you'd realize this kid's hurting and he needs loved. He doesn't, he doesn't need you to hate him. He just, he's acting out because he wants somebody to know he's there. Y'all tracking me here? And with the love light on, you see past the bad behavior and you see a wounded child. And a lot of times when I would get kids like that, I'd just start pouring love into them and respect into them. And they're like little sponges, man. I mean, especially when they haven't had it. And they start getting love and they start getting love. And you know what happens? All that behavior starts to change and they start to learn how to receive uh, positive attention rather than just negative attention. But without the love light on, how I many you know you, you just fight against that? And then there you are actually digging the hole deeper than what it already was and you've become a part of the problem rather than a part of the answer. Amen? Y'all tracking me on that? I mean, I know that's strong, but, but, but with, how many you know when the love light's on, you see differently? Can I get an amen? Like, you know, I regularly go into establishments that don't necessarily carry my values. But, you know, tomorrow, like in the, in the, you know, different coffee shops and different places and stuff like that. But I'm not in there to hate these people. I'm in there to love these people. I'm in there to, to shine the light. Are y'all tracking me here? I'm in there to care about them, you know. And when I, when I go to the gym and I'm around people and, you know, and they're, and they're doing their, their, their dumb stuff and they're being whatever, you know, I'm, I'm in there to shine the light, I'm in there to love. I'm in there to make change. And then you know what will happen? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll share this. I, uh, I, I, like one of the places I minister a lot's in the gym because I go there a lot. And uh, there's a guy there. And when I first started going to that gym, me and him butt heads hard, like really hard. And, um, and I wasn't totally in the spirit. I'll be completely honest with you. I was a little bit in the flesh. And, um, well, he was trying to correct me on something you know, the way I was doing something, and I corrected him back. <laughs> and, so, and so, like, we just kind of didn't like each other. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just how it was. He, he came and was trying to tell me not to do a certain thing. I was like, no, these things are created for this. It's supposed to be done here. You know, you don't own the gym, that type of scenario. And so, but you know what's happened? Since then, God has opened the most beautiful door of ministry into this guy's life. And and the other day, and like we, then we, we've later become friends and we talk and we joke around and stuff like that and, and all that. Um, and, and, but how many know that I had to turn my love light up so I could see him for who God saw him, not who I saw him as? Because my flesh said he's a jerk and he needs to be put in his place. <laughs> That's not right. That's not good. I got over it. Love light got turned up. Okay, I see him. He's hurting, right? And then the other day, maybe a couple weeks ago, it was like, God's like, now, once you go talk to him. Man, I, and I went outside of the gym, and I just started talking to him about how much the Lord loved him and how he was, he was forgiven. Because this guy's a believer, but he just doesn't really, you know, he's just fallen away. Yes. Yes, it's our pride that gets offended. Big time. Big time. Big time. I know, it stinks. 
And, and man, and so I just started pouring into this guy. And he's like fighting back tears. And, you know, he's trying not to, not to cry in front of me. And he goes and just sits in his car for a long period of time. <clears throat> How many you know that if I hadn't managed to turn my love light up, I would have seen him more as an enemy than as someone who needed the Jesus inside of me? Amen? These people <clears throat> who are hurting, these people who are angry, these people who denounce our God, who hate our God, who come against our God, who come against us, <clears throat> these people need Jesus. And we got to turn the love light up so that we could see them the way God sees them. <clears throat> How many know that when Jesus died on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus didn't demonize the Roman soldiers that crucified him. How many know some of those guys would eventually get saved? It's a much bigger victory. And we can't be waging our little pride battles to, to, to jump in on what you were saying and win our little battles <clears throat> and lose the war over a man's soul or over a woman's soul. Are y'all tracking me here? And like there's just, there's opportunity um, to love people and to help people. Let's, um, let's turn to something that we're very familiar with. Um, John chapter 8, and I'm not going to go through the whole account, <clears throat> but this is where the woman's caught in the act of adultery, and they bring her, and, you know, they're condemning her, and, you know, they're saying, you know, the law says we kill her. What do you say? And Jesus <clears throat> says the most interesting thing after all of this happens, and I feel like it really helps us to understand the way Jesus saw things. But John chapter 8 and verse 10, and we'll just pick it up at the end of this because we're all familiar with it. He says, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, that's usually kind of where we stop when we teach on this. But then Jesus, and it says, then Jesus spoke to them. He's not done. He still has something else to say. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. What was he saying? <clears throat> All of those angry, legalistic Jewish men that were trying to kill her, did not. they were walking in darkness. They didn't have the light. Now, was, there, was the judgment of her a correct judgment? Yes, according to the law, what she had done was punishable by death. But Jesus was saying, I'm the light of the world. I take people like this woman and I turn them into disciples and women of God. How many know that, how many know that that's the way Jesus operated? Moses couldn't do that. Moses couldn't change somebody. The law can't change somebody. But Jesus says, things are different now. I'm the light. I'm here. People like this woman... People like these deceived people in the earth, people like these, these people who are so deluded, Jesus says, I'm the light. It's not time to cast stones and kill these people. It's time to shine the light because these people become believers as we shine the light. Are y'all tracking me here? Now listen, this is a level of spiritual maturity. This is not carnal Christianity. 
Carnal Christianity says jump on the bandwagon and be angry and fight and spit and, and, and all of these things, and you're not, you're not seeing what the kingdom's doing in the midst of all this. Now, please understand, I'm not saying don't compromise truth. Don't, don't step away from your stand for truth. Please, I would never, love does not embrace lies, ever. Can I get an amen on that? I just feel like I have to say that all the time because it, if you don't, love can look weak, but it's not. It's the place of power. It's the place of strength. Amen? And, and don't let go of what's right and true, but in the midst of that, understand these people who are deceived, these people who are confused about their genders and they're confused about all of these things, these people need Jesus to love them and set them free and open their eyes and set them free from all that confusion. They're hurting. And listen, a lot of these people are hurting because Christians have handled things incorrectly. And, and rather than looking to, to, to help set these people free from the dominion of sin, all they did was heap more hatred upon them. How many know God wants to set people free? From all forms of sin. He wants to bring freedom. And, and, and Jesus here in this moment, how I many know this lady didn't need people hitting her with stones? She needed the light to stand up and say, neither do I condemn you. But he doesn't just he doesn't stop there. He does not justify her sin. Can I get an amen? And that's where the weird grace message misses the rest of the message. He's, he didn't just say, I don't condemn you. Go do it again. It's not what he said. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and sin no more so you don't die next time. Are you all tracking me here? Because sin will kill you. I mean, it, it's death, man. It brings death. And so it's not love to just say, neither do I condemn you. Your sin's okay. That's not love. You're not designed to operate in sin. Sin kills, man. It kills everything. And so, but he did stand up and say, I'm the light of the world. I'm not going to give this lady a rock. I'm going to give this lady a helping hand because I didn't create her to be an adulteress. I created her to be a woman of God. Can I get an amen? And I guarantee this woman probably went on to be a disciple of Jesus because that's just how things are. You know, we look at, you know, Mary Magdalene and all the craziness that she was in, you know. How I many know oh, Jesus rescued her and then she became a child of light? Amen. And so I'm just saying all that to say <clears throat> we're, we are a part of a rescue mission and the people that are in darkness, they need help. And, and I know the darkness is, the thing about the darkness that's <clears throat> crazy to me is how unified they are. They are astonishingly unified. They really are. I mean, it's like their level of unity is amazing. And, and I, the Lord actually gave me a dream about that, just helping me to understand that. And, and what it is, is they're operating under the spirit of the world. And they're, and they're almost in a, in a place of like a collective mind. Like, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? That sounds weird. It does sound weird. Okay, let me... Let me. Like, they're... When they're in darkness like that, they're all working together to accomplish destruction. Unknowingly. They don't even know that they're, they're a part of it and they're doing it. Because if you'll see, I mean, you, know, you can see the, the lines 
uh, in entertainment. Like entertainment, they're all on the same page attacking the same things. You go to the, you know, the sports stars and the, and the rap stars, and if you're popular, then you are denouncing what is right. Now, every once in a while, God's got some of his people out there in the sports arena, in the music arena, in the acting arena. How many know there are those out there who are believers and they're shining a light in that arena? But most of them, in order to get any type of level of influence or popularity, you've got to give yourself over to the spirit of the world and join that paradigm. And if you kick against that paradigm just a little bit, they'll cancel you. Are you all tracking me here? So their level of unity is almost scary. (laughs) It's like, wow, and I hate to use the word scary, but like it's just astonishing. But God told us that it was going to happen like this. He said, look, man, darkness is going to cover the earth. Gross darkness to people, but don't be afraid. Keep the light in your lamp. Keep your love light on. Arise and shine. And see, the battles that you win on a daily basis in your life, it might not be the evening night's news. It might not be, you know, everyone knowing about it and it being on a billboard. But those little moments of like me in the gym, me being able to pray for that guy and minister to that guy, how I many know oh, that's big news in God's kingdom? You know, and when you when you when you choose love over hatred, and when you choose love over anger, and you choose love over your pride, you know, in your daily life and the people that you're around, listen, man, you're shining that light. You're shining that light all the time. And, and as you're shining that light, you're making a difference. How many know you can shine the light at the gas station? Can I get an amen? When you were around the other day, I was at a gas station and and, and you know, and it, and it, how many know the enemy's just trying to bring racism so hard into our culture and bring so much division? And I am, I am so purposeful about taking a stand against that. A, you're my brother. B, I'm not going to be intimidated. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to respect you and love you. And I'm not going to allow this division and this hatred to separate us as, as, as human beings. Okay, get an amen. I mean, no, you can carry yourself in a way that goes against the grain of what the enemy's trying to do. We don't have to bow down to this junk. We can stand out and we can make a difference, but we can't do it if, our, if we don't have any oil in our lamp and we can't see. Because then we, we, we can be blinded by the darkness and be caught up in the hatred and the anger. And then rather than we want to stone these people rather than see them get delivered. You're all tracking me here. Now listen, as I'm saying this, I've had moments of... <laughs> Kill them, Lord. You know, just, I mean, I know that's awful. Maybe not those exact words, but just like, ah, God help us, do something, you know? And, you know, just like Peter, or just like James and John, Lord, shall we call down fire on them? (laughs) Please understand. I've had moments like that when all this has been going on. I'm just going to be transparent with you. I'm just going to be honest. But I know that's not how God's kingdom operates. I know that's not how his nature operates and I know, how I many know ultimately we win? Can I get an amen? But let's, let's win as many of these small battles as we can in our communities, in our homes, in our workplace. Let's be the light. Amen? And so receive that love. That's number one. And you got to do that consistently. Don't get so... You ever had a time when you forgot to eat? 
Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Have you ever had a time when you were really hungry? <laughs> no, that's good. I, I agree with that. I, I'm the same. <laughs> but how many know when you are hungry, you are not at your best? Anybody get hangry in here? Some of y'all hangry people, anybody get an amen on that? I, don't, I, I get like just pouty when I'm hungry. I'm just like shuffling my feet and like I'm just like whatever. But I'm not at my best when I'm hungry physically. How many know that, that you can be hungry spiritually and not even realize it? How do you know if you're hungry spiritually, Jeremiah? Well, you're critical, you're fault finding, self pity, anger. All just the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. And if you're in that place, what's happened is you're hungry. You, I mean, you know, you, and like Tim's saying, like I've never forgot to eat physically. You know what I'm saying? But I have, I have had time when I didn't eat spiritually and, and I was low. And as a result of being low, the person that I truly am was not really there. Y'all seen the Betty White commercials and the Snickers bars and all that? Turn into carnal, carnal Christian. Carnal Christian, I don't know, I was trying to think of something to rhyme with that, but anyway. Um, carnal Christian Kevin. <laughs> What's wrong? You, you, need, you need a Jesus Snickers, bro. You see that, man. Get back in the spirit, right? Anyway, but we can get, once again, so distracted that we're not, that we're not feeding. You know, and and we 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 have to have that time to feed to strengthen ourselves because man, you know, we live in a world that's in it's in con, it's it's coming against us all the time, you know, and so it's so important to to feed and then just let that love flow through you, man. Let it flow through you because as it flows through you, it gets stronger, right? Just let it. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Find a place to express love, amen. Love, 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 love the people that are around you. Love your family. You know, love your friends. Love your coworkers. Let that love flow. See somebody out in the streets. Ask them if they need prayer. See somebody that might need something. Go bless somebody. I'm telling you, man, as you, as you get free from yourself, because, I mean, how I many know fear makes you self-aware? Makes you self-conscious. And, the, and, and how many know if you are your primary focus, you're miserable? It's true. I'm telling you right now, if you are the center of your own attention, you are not going to be happy because you're not designed like that. And, any, you know, you, you, need to get, you need to get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on to helping somebody and letting that love flow. And, and I know, I mean, and, and I know they can almost seem, well, that's crazy, man. I got this going on, Jeremiah. I got that going on. I got this going on. No, man, you need to step outside of yourself and be a blessing to somebody. <clears throat> and let love flow out of you. Because as that love flows out of you, it's going to clean all that fear off of you. And then you're going to be able to, to live, pro you're going to be happy. And you're going you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna have that, that, that um, oil in your lamp where you can see properly. Because how many know that, that, that in the place of darkness and anger and offense, you can get miserable in the times that we're living in? How many know anger is not a, is not a happy place? No. It's just not. How many know being offended is not a happy place? 
you know? And, and if we're going to successfully navigate the world that we're living in, we got to have light to see so that, we can, so that we can walk and we can live and we can move and we can have our being and we can be a part of the kingdom. We can be a part of the answer. Because there were 10 virgins that were there, but only five were able to discern and see what was happening in the kingdom. Five had no oil. And so they couldn't see properly. Amen? And here's the thing about our God. How many know that you're, you're welcome, you know, just like our kids, our kids are welcome to come into our bed, you know, if they've had a nightmare or whatever, and, and they're welcome to, to get free from fear and to, to receive strength. How many know you're welcome in God's bed at any time? <laughs> you're welcome to jump up into His arms, and how many know He's bigger and stronger than any boogeyman that you're going to face? And when you spend some time in His presence, you get grounded. You start to see clearly again. Your heart gets settled. You enter back into a place of rest. Because peace is your default setting as a Christian. We are called to remain in that place of, of peace. Amen? I mean, you know, when I'm trusting God, I'm at rest. Right? How many know when I'm trusting myself, I'm not at rest? Amen? That's how you can, I mean, the evidence of faith is rest. How I many we labor to enter into that rest? You know, I had a, I had a period of time when, uh, I, and I'm closing right here, but I had a period of time when I was overcoming the whole corona thing. And I uh, just, you know, just, just it was long. It was a long, it was a long time. And I had kind of, towards the end of it, I had kind of settled into that place of just entertainment to just try to get through it. You know what I'm saying? And what I did, I started reading a lot. I started reading a lot of books, you know, just like science fiction books. I like science fiction books back in the day stuff. So I was just consuming all this, this just, you know, stuff that wasn't really feeding me, just entertaining me, trying to pass time. And I finally, I, had got, I got to a place where I was spiritually, my, my lamp was low, and I wasn't, how I many you know it's easy to slip into a place of escape through entertainment? Yes, it is. Because you're just like, you know what I'm saying? It's easy to do, and I'm just being open and honest with you. And, and so I got over into that, to that place, and how I many you know the enemy don't play fair? He knew how I was in that place, and he came and attacked me and tried to bring depression on me. Try, you know, and I've been set free from depression for years, but it came on me hard. And um, and and I mean like big time hard. And and I and I wasn't feeling like myself, I wasn't acting like myself. I was in a weird place. What had happened? Well, my, my light had gotten low, and here comes condemnation and depression trying to, to take me, right? And, and, and I, and I kind of, and how many you know, sometimes when you're in darkness, you don't even realize that you're in darkness because the lights got low for over, slowly over a period of time. You don't even know that you're there. And, and I was in that place, and man, then, and, and I, it was, it was a strange place, and the next day, I got up, and you know things were just. And how many know that if things are weird in me as the leader of the home, the whole house is going to be weird. That's just how it works. Because you, that if if the head of the house is 
is in a weird place, it's going to impact everybody else in the house. That's just how it works. And so everybody was in a weird place because I was in a weird place, and the enemy was trying to bring that old depression and, to, and bring it back into my life, man. And because, and, you know, just through isolation and through condemnation. And how many know there's something about, and I'm just bringing this out, there's something about the, the whole coronavirus that there's like a reproach with it. Like, leper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unclean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and then the first, time, the first night that I, I went back to a game or whatever, to one of Ethan's games when I come off of the coronavirus, I sat by myself. Because, you know, and, and people were like, you know, I mean, I was just like, <laughs> you know, here I am, you know, and, 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 and you know, people were like, hey, Jeremiah, how's it going? <laughs> They're kind of like, no, oh, fist bumps only. <laughs> I mean, it was like, not everybody was like that. Some people were, but some people were like, you know, and you know why? Because people been spoon fed fear, spoon fed fear. And so I just sat by myself and, you know, and, 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 and I just felt so weird. And I felt like this reproach trying to, you know, because how many know that they're, they try to bring shame with this thing and they try to bring, uh, you know, and, and just all this weird stuff. And, and, I was, and I felt weird. And the next day I got up and I, and I was just, just laying there and the Lord was like, and he began to speak to my heart. He's like, you're going to have to attack this. And in two ways. How many know that when Goliath reproached the children of Israel and, you know, for 40 days, he basically told them, you guys, he gave reproach to Israel for 40 days, right? He ran his mouth. How many know David ran towards Goliath? Amen. He had to run towards the reproach. And then the second thing that the Lord just dropped into my heart was uh, uh, the beaches of Normandy. When, uh, when, when the Marines uh, attacked, you know? And what the Lord was saying to me is, you're going to have to get up and fight this. Because if you don't fight this, it's going to overtake you. And so, and so and me and Stacy had a conversation, and she was like, things are weird in the house. What's going on? And I said, look, I feel like depression's trying to come on me, man. And I said, but I got a word from God. God told me what to do. And he said, you need to get up and fight. And so that's what I did. The next day... You know how I fought it? With the righteousness of God. With the sword of the Spirit. I just spoke. That's what I did. I got out all my righteousness scriptures, and uh, I sat down with them, and I sat in my room, and I began to confess who I was in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, my righteousness, I hold fast. I'll not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. In the Lord Jesus Christ, I have righteousness and strength. To me, men shall come. All that are angry against me shall be ashamed. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Any tongue of judgment rise against me. I shall condemn it because my righteousness is of the Lord. And I just start running my mouth. Sword of the Spirit, sword of the Spirit. Beat it in one day. Beat that stupid thing off of me. But had I not fought back, I would have just laid down in it. And, and how many know it would have loved for me to just lay down in it and bring me back to that place of darkness? And when you're dealing with an attack like that, you have to, you have to run at it. You have to attack it. You have to come against it. And, and, you, and, and, and you do it with this thing right here, man, your mouth. There's power in your words, man. 
And, and I just, I, I fought it. And then the next day, I, w- I was great, you know, and, I, and, I, and I've been great ever since. In fact, now I'm, I, I, I really feel like the Lord's leading me to write a book on overcoming depression because I, I overcame depression before um, by the grace of God, uh, you know, but, but now it like tried to come back on me. And so now it's like fresh in my mind. And so now I'm going to spoil the devil. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And what the enemy meant for good or for evil, I'm going to make, there's going to be good that's going to come out of it. But, there's, but I, had, I had to be aggressive and I had to, I had to fight back. Amen? And, and, and how many know that in the times that we're living in, we, we, we have to take a stand and we have to fight back. But we don't fight back by throwing rocks at the people that need Jesus. We fight back by strengthening ourselves in the Lord, strengthening ourselves in who we are in Christ and taking a stand. And really that primary way we do it is right here, man, with your mouth. I, you know, speaking the word out, praying in the spirit, all of those types of things, just strengthening myself and, uh, you know, and beat that thing down. But amen. So anyway, I just wanted, I just wanted to share that with you guys. In fact, I thought I might even preach on that totally today, just that concept, but I didn't feel led to do that. I felt led to preach on the love. Let's keep the oil in our lamps, amen? Let's keep the love light on so that we can see clearly and so that we can be a part of the answer, not a part of the problem, amen? Anybody have anything in closing? Yeah, well, hold on. Can you pass him that mic, please? You guys got it? I think what God is trying to do is expose the darkness. Come on, man. And so when we don't fight against the person but against the darkness we're helping the kingdom yes doing the same thing yes that's that's how we defeat we shine light upon it and it goes away it's so good i think it's a because i think this darkness that we're dealing with has been here for a long time but now everybody's seeing it and so now people have the option to choose which way they're going to go you understand what I'm saying? And so I feel like it's being exposed now, and, um, and it's good that it's being exposed. But it's been here for a long time. We just didn't know it was here. But through the events that have happened, it's now being exposed. It's good, man. And then we just keep shining the light. We keep walking in love, and we trust God, and we take a stand for truth. Anybody else have anything? Yeah, can you, can you pass her the mic, please? My cousin lives down in Florida. And uh, she had contact. She, we really haven't communicated a lot, but we grew up together like sisters. And uh, I just love this this girl. And uh, so she had. She sent me a message, and I knew what she was saying. She was in bad shape. Mm-hmm. And she was what she was telling me was she felt like she was going to die that day. Oh wow! And I'm like, okay, what's happening here? So you know, it was a co- completely enemy. So she said she had been sick for three weeks. With she didn't. She didn't go get tested. Nothing, but what she described to me, it was complete COVID attack. Okay, okay? Yeah. So she refused to go to the hospital, and uh, she said that she had been down for three weeks, and she hadn't ate anything for three weeks. Oh, wow. And she could not even pick her arm up. She was so bad off that she could not, and this is a very strong woman. Wow. And, I mean, you know, she's like, you know, she's always out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, her point of contact, okay, so we started praying. Yeah. But what changed her life was my son, Zach. You all, I don't know if everybody remembers, but Zach had been, uh, you know, 
diagnosed with COVID and he went into the hospital and uh, for one day. Yeah. And uh, my son was saved and baptized years ago, but he's been walking away from the Lord. Okay. He's, thir he's 38 now. And uh, so during this time of this COVID situation, uh, God come and stayed with him that night. He was in the hospital one night and they released him the next day. Okay. Mm -hmm. I contacted uh, Pastor Jeremiah, mm -hmm. my daughter, she's a prayer warrior, mm -hmm. and all three of us teamed up. He was out of the hospital the next day. They yes. said, why are you here? Okay. So he, God came in and just completely spoke to him that night, changed his life. He is on fire for God right Come now. On, I awesome. mean, he is on fire for God. Amen. So he put, he posts on Facebook live. Okay. And he's been doing prayers. Come on. So through what the enemy meant for evil mm -hmm. to kill my son, he was going to try to kill him. He was diagnosed with double COVID pneumonia. And they said it had completely, you know, he was just radical in his lungs mm -hmm. and that they just w was putting him in there in the isolation. So one day, remember that, one day, he was yeah. out the next day Come on. through prayer. So De Adela, she made contact. She somehow, you know, somehow she got connect it to Zach's prayer, okay? Mm -hmm. When he made, when she made contact, a point of contact with his faith, mm -hmm. her faith started rising up. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, she was out mowing her yard the next day. Wow, you come on, me? Jesus. Hallelujah. It's good, man. <laughs> that point of contact through the word and through yeah. faith and everything that the darkness was trying to completely kill her, mm -hmm. that light was piercing that darkness and shining into her life come to on. bring her up. And I said, has Lazarus arisen? Yeah, come on. Because she was dying, mm -hmm. and she had been rose up off her deathbed. Wow, come on. I mean, this, this is God. how good God is. That's right. That's through, right. His, through the word mm -hmm. that was spoken mm -hmm. and through, through prayer. Mm -hmm. And when you make that connection, it's I good. mean, that's fire. Yeah, come that's on. That's power. It's good. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, man, we got to take a stand. We got to stand with each other. We got to help each other. Yes. Amen. Anybody else? Very good. All right. Father, we just uh, we thank you and praise you that, that you help us to stay in the spirit and to walk in love and to be a part of the answer. And uh, Lord, I just thank you that you help us to be focused on that and to receive that love from you and let that love flow through us. And Lord, we just uh, we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if anybody uh, would like to give and need a giving envelope, just leave.